from We First and Goal 17 Media. Welcome to Lead with We. I'm Simon Mannering, and today I'm joined by Stacey Poole, CMO at the fast casual restaurant chain Noodles and Company. And we're going to talk about how does a massive restaurant chain survive and actually thrive through the critical and constantly disruptive challenges that COVID-19 has brought on so many industries. So Stacey, welcome to Lead with We. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I, one of the things I'm always fascinated about is how anyone in their own life journey ends up at a purposeful company. And I know you came from Vale Resorts. So give us a little bit of a, a sense of that journey, how you went from Vale Resorts to what? In 2019, you started at Noodles & Co. Yeah, I started like two months before the pandemic, which was crazy. Um, Beautiful timing, right? Just yeah, like seriously. straight into it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I'm just going to start with what you said about joining from Vail Resorts. Vail Resorts is extremely purpose-driven. Um, I was blessed with being able to work for the CEO of Vail Resorts. And during my time there, I got to learn a ton about the way that we think about the environment back when I was there, um, about just how it, what it means to do the right thing. Um, and to think about what impact you're having on the environment. And so and there was a lot of things that launched during my time there. But the beauty of that experience was what moving over into the restaurant space is being really able to understand how do I take what I learned there, even just like the basic stuff I learned and make sure that we're thinking about it um, at Noodles and Company. So I really joined for a couple of reasons. One is that, of course, I love the fact that we're, we, it, at just at the core of who we are, it is very much about taking care of our people, taking care of our communities, taking care of our guests, which so much of that is about the environmental impact you have. Um, and then the second thing I would say, and this maybe just more selfishly for me, is I loved the opportunity with the brand. And I thought there was so much tremendous potential and so being able to actually come to this brand and kind of reshape the way we think about ourselves and how we want to put it out to people that do care about brands that are doing the right thing. Um, that was really intriguing to me. So it's been fun to kind of get to go through that over the last 18 months. You know, I so appreciate that. And I have to, I think about the last 18 months as like a lifetime. There was life pre-COVID and then there's life post-COVID. And the whole pandemic has been almost different phases. It's like rings on a tree. And to your point about leadership, I'd love you to share with us some of the things that you've learned or ways in which you've grown. And I know that there was the initial send everybody home, retool the business, and there's lessons there. Then there's keep everybody happy. And then there's, oh, how do we get everybody back to work? And there's been labor challenges, particularly in the restaurant industry. So maybe you could, could you speak to some of those leadership lessons through that 18 months? Yeah. I think a lot of it's culminating in it for me right together right now, which is like, I actually have found the moment right now to be the most difficult um, that I've been, been navigating. And the primary reasons for that is that for the last 18 months, we've been going through so much that as leaders, we've been, we've had to be very understanding um, and be there for our teams and help like really help them with challenging times, whether it was personally or professionally and help them navigate through it. So I feel like one of the things that I really learned as a leader and not learned, I would say, but just reinforced is, is about putting people first. Right. Um, but I do think that there's a balance because I think you still have to move the business forward too. And so the last 
um, 18 months for me has been about people. But the second thing about that that's really happening right now at this moment is that I feel like the employees are so exhausted um, and they're, they are defining that exhaustion as burnout, but it's really about connection. And we've been home for so long that people have gotten comfortable being home and they've gotten comfortable with the flexibility. But at least my observations are that they don't understand how lack of connection is impacting their mental health. And so I'm trying to find ways to inspire them to come together every once in a while um, because we are not requiring people to go back. But um, how do we bring people together to kind of re-energize one another, to drive collaboration, to drive creativity um, when people do like that flexibility? But that connection is really missing right now. I, I agree with you. I consider myself a thousand hugs waiting to happen now. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to hurl myself at strangers if we ever get a chance to get out there again. But your point is well taken. I think over the years, we've all learned that oh, you know, the web is great and social media is great. We get to kind of stay in touch with people all around the world, but it's this arm's length intimacy that we sort of wove into our lives or weaved into our lives over the last decade, shall we say. But then COVID gave us nothing but that. Yeah. And that goes against what is sort of fundamental or innate as a human being. You want that human connection, whether you're hugging someone or just talking to them or seeing a smiling face and so on. So how have you maintained that connective tissue through all of these phases of COVID? What are you doing to win employees back, to keep their spirits lifted, to get the best out of them, you know, as best as anyone can at this time? Um, I would say being a human, like I think more than anything, I think that often when you grow in your career, um, people view you as less human. And I have been very human through all of this. Um, where I've, sh I've shared my frustrations, I've shared my challenges, I've had my kids in the video <laughs> with me. And I just think showing that human side of you is so critical because you're relatable then and people can connect with you. Um, yeah. So for me, that was, that's been a really big one. I think transparency too, which is, goes back to the humanity side, which is just being very authentic and honest about where you're at. Um, and so I, the way that I've navigated it, honestly, is giving myself permission to be a human. Um, and I think that often as leaders, we don't do that because we have to like put on the, you know, the perfect face. And um, the last thing I am is perfect. And so I think for me, getting through it and bringing people back is just being a human. I think this is a really important point to push in on because being a purposeful brand is arguably easy when things are good, we're all working together to change the world, we want to make a difference and conditions are sort of stable and normal. But it's a whole other level of stress test on a brand when things are as crazy as they've been, especially in your industry. And so, you know, I actually think that there's, there's been some positives to this in the sense that we've all been forced to show our vulnerability, to your point. We've all been forced to be more human. And Tell us some of the expectations of the vast number of employees that, you know, that you have that have shown up. What are some of the things that you've heard them ask for that you've had to provide that, you know, those listening might not be aware of? Flexibility. Um, I have a very young team um, and what comes with that are young children too. And a lot of people have been asking for that flexibility. So, you know, we've accommodated everything from days off to take care of children to, um, working in the morning and then working at night. Um, for me, it's all about if, you know, we have a job to do. If you get your job done, do what you need to do. Like just 
understand that everybody's going to need something different and flexibility has been probably the most un, you know important thing. The other thing I would say is listening um, and checking in and just being very real that it's tough. And you know, often my employees just want to have somebody listen to them. And so that's been a huge thing too, is that asking people asking for a little bit of grace and, and just being able to have somebody listen. And so that's been a big, big focus. But the other side of it too, is that what, what hasn't stopped is, is the employee's desire to grow. And so we still are talking about career development and we still are talking about opportunities to expand their leadership, expand their scope of responsibilities. And so it's an interesting balance where people need that flexibility, but yet they still want to grow. And you've got, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a balancing act as a leader is trying to find that right balance so that people stay engaged. How have you seen the food industry transform outright you know, since you began at the company, but how's that also been accelerated because of COVID? Because everyone now knows about climate, they know about COVID, they know about diversity and, you know, and inclusion and equity. You know, how are you seeing the industry changing? I think that there's a lot more transparency. Um, and I would say that across the industry where people are sharing their practices, you've seen it come, you know, you, there's a ton of brands that have come out with the way that they're, you know, aligning to, um, humane animal practices. You're seeing changes in packaging um, to reduce waste. You're seeing investment in local farming. Um, we've been doing that for a very long time. Our packaging has been, um, you know, we've had sustainable packaging practices for quite some time. And we talk about it every single week on what kind of progress we're making to even get better packaging in place to reduce our waste. We talk, um, you know, anytime we're introducing a new product, we talk about how is this going to impact the environment? So much of our, actually almost all of our core menu is plant-based, which is such a benefit for the environment. So we know, and we've committed to having this as part of our conversation. Um, and I think everybody has done that, is that it has become a core part of um, a, the strategy. It's become a core part of the conversation and people are being and companies are being transparent about their practices, which I think is is changing the way that everybody does business. Well, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And one of the ways that you're serving your consumers is, you know, plant based menu. You know, you've also got huge commitment to animal welfare. Now, tell us a little bit about that, because I see that being increasingly important to consumers as well. Yeah, we've um, we're very transparent on animal our animal welfare practices. Everything we publish on our website um, in terms of animal welfare, but we follow the we align with vendors that take care are doing um, humane practices on animals, and um, we this happened probably three or four years ago where we made the choice that we were going to be very selective about the vendors that we partner with, um, and so every like the pork, um, the um, beef that we serve is all served from vendors that are practicing humane um, you know, activities. And so there's, there's really nothing that we do anymore um, that isn't in line with that value system of, of really doing right. It's hard, it's hard to please everybody out there. There's the vast majority of population 
that do want animal protein. There's also those who are committed to plant-based. You know, I'm, I changed to a plant-based diet a few years ago and remarkably, I still stand upright each day. It was, a, it was miraculous <laughs> to me. So there we are. But, yeah. you know, the expectations continue to increase. And so how is it driving innovation inside the company? You think about your, involve, your evolving kind of audience of consumers and employees the higher expectations of purpose and sustainability. And that can either feel like a burden or it can actually be an innovation unlock. So what are different ways you're thinking about what you do because of these new expectations? Yeah, well, in terms of the ingredients that we use, it, 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 it's no different than what it was in the last three to four years. We definitely are focused on clean, humane, safe ingredients. Um, and so that hasn't changed. But when you talk about our menu innovation, it is very oriented around healthy dietary um, choices um, and life, lifestyle choices. So for example, we um, three years ago, we introduced zoodles as a substitution to noodles, which has been extremely beneficial to our business, but also to our guests. What are um, they? They're um, zucchini noodles. So they're spiraled zucchini noodles. Um, absolutely delicious. If you ever get a chance to go to a noodles, they are phenomenal. Um, but it, it helps, it, it, it really is oriented around somebody that is committed to plant a plant-based diet. Um, we then introduced cauliflower noodles. So they're infused with cauliflower, which again is just showing our commitment to a plant-based diet. We then launched cauliflower gnocchi. So you can kind of see this thread going through where so much of the decisions that we make um, and that are part of our innovation, are health oriented, but also plant oriented. Um, and so that's just an, a, that's a pillar in our culinary roadmap that we have continued and will continue to innovate on. And, you know, help us understand how that happens Is it in chicken and the egg. Is it the expectation of guests coming in the door and you hear enough about it through your research that you make that change because the business case or the, the bottom line seems to be there? Or is it the other way around where you look at it and go, this is where things are going and we're confident that there's an audience out there for it. So we're going to kind of preemptively put it out there. How does that work? Um, it, it's a little bit of a combination of both. Um, if you look at the innovation over the last three years, a lot of that has been driven by um, understanding that a plant-based diet is the future um, and that it, it wasn't necessarily, I think what's important about innovation is that your guest isn't telling you what to do. You are thinking about the macro trends. You're thinking about climate. You're thinking about the world around you and you're innovating to support that chain and driving that change. Um, and so for us, a lot of the innovation has been about looking at those macro trends and the mac, you know, the, just the things that are important to people and then what we're seeing a lot more of now are actually more questions around what we're doing for the environment. That has absolutely grown throughout the pandemic is what are we doing, you know, to improve our packaging? What are we doing to um, limit beef in our restaurants? And so it's, it's really honestly a combination of both. We have to take both of those things into consideration as we build out the roadmap. And you're a CMO of a massive company with a huge population of employees and so many mouths to feed every day in the middle of a pandemic where you have to both be a leader and you have to be vulnerable. I would like to think you probably enjoy a glass of white wine on a Friday afternoon at the end of each week like that. 
what keeps you up at night? Like, what are you struggling with right now? Or what's that obstacle you're trying to solve for? Maybe we can all learn from something that you're seeing and thinking through. What keeps me up at night are the people. Um, and I'm genuinely worried and um, I feel for the people in the front lines whether it is frontline, you know, healthcare workers, or it's the restaurant employees, um, they are, it is a hard, hard environment. And it's the thing, the thing we talk about multiple times a day is, can we do this? Can we do this initiative? Will our employees be able to handle it? Not that they can't handle it. They're operators, they can handle anything, but it is more about making sure that their mental state is is okay um and i think that to me that is really keeping me up at night is um you know employees are getting treated poorly right now by frustrated guests by stressed out people by angry people and it's hard and so not only are they dealing with trying to staff their restaurants they're dealing with frustrated guests they're dealing with supply chain chain issues and that concerns me tremendously. And it does not concern me from a business perspective. It concerns me for people's well-being. And so that is absolutely what keeps me up at night. Right, that makes total sense. And I think it's not just peculiar to the restaurant industry. It's across the board. And I know you have a foundation and you've yes. also had a lot of employees in need, like any company over the last 18 months. Tell us about, you know, the giving fund. What is it? Why do you have it? What does it do? What difference has it been making? Our employee foundation is probably the one of the most important things to us. I mean, we're all very proud of what we've created with the employee foundation. We have a lot of our employees that give to the foundation. Um, and we have a lot of employees that apply for grants from the foundation. But what it did through COVID is it allowed employees to feel comfort and stability in a time of need. Um, and so... And I would say too, during that time frame, the exciting part was that people raised their, you know, increased their giving. Our employees increased their giving to give back to their fellow employees. That is so unbelievably powerful. Um, and that is just a great representation of our culture about loving and caring for one another. Um, and so we definitely have um, this foundation that helps people through times of needs. We also have a part of it that um, gives scholarships, 10 scholarships a year to employees' children um, or, you know, or, or employees that are working there to be able to progress their lives and their careers, which is just unbelievable. But more than anything, I would say that it's just another demonstration of how passionate our employee base is on taking care of one another. You know, when you inspire a culture like that, it is amazing. It's not all on leadership or, you know, CMO, CEO, founder, you know, everyone can support each other. You know, what would you give us one piece of advice right now on the strength of what has been, must have been a fire hose of learning over the last 18 months, having just joined Noodles & Co. You know, what is one leadership trait that you would say that all of us should lean into if we want to be a truly effective and authentic purposeful brand? I think agility. I think that change is happening really, really fast right now. Guest expectations, employee expectations are changing so fast right now. And I think you have to understand that you, you know, it, agility is going to be critical. You've got to be able to move through change. You've got to be able to lead through change. You've got to be open to change yourself. And I think that hiring the right people that can be agile with you 
um, and that want to change the world and change your culture um, it is just absolutely essential. Stacey, I can't thank you enough for sharing these insights because I don't think there's any industry that's more fascinating to me right now than the restaurant industry. And few chains out there have as many restaurants as you and such a large population to look after. So thanks for being so open and honest about it and sharing insights into Noodle & Co and what it's doing. Thank you, Simon. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Lead With We. Our show is produced by Goal 17 Media, and you can always find more information about our guests in the show notes of each episode. Make sure you subscribe to Lead With We on Apple, Google, or Spotify, and do share it with your friends and colleagues. You can also watch our episodes on YouTube at We First TV. And I'm excited to share that my new book, Lead With We, comes out November 9th and is available for pre-order now on Amazon, Google Books, and Barnes & Noble. So check it out. See you on the next episode, and until then, let's all lead with we.